One part down, one part still to come here in Covering the Commonwealth Part 2. Yep, we're copying this idea. Covering the Commonwealth, a look at the locally interesting teams and stories from the experts who cover them. Let's start with... JMU. With Shane Metlin at Shane underscore DNR Sports for Daily News Record. As Shane is with us in the fast lane, 73-59, the Dukes knock off Akron to win their first ever Mac Sunbelt Challenge game. How big of a victory was that for the Dukes who cap off a perfect undefeated, well, I guess that's redundant, an undefeated non-Sunbelt season? Yeah, I mean, it was it was big. I mean, it wasn't necessarily huge, but it, it's a solid victory for JMU where they don't have a whole lot of those left on the schedule that you, you can look at as sort of resume wins where, where you know, they're, they're looking to try to finish this regular season with 27, 28 wins if possible and still be in that conversation for, for postseason consideration. So I think it was it was a big one for them. That was not, not an opportunity they're going to get a lot more of playing in the Sun Belt. Yeah, it's hard to find those opportunities within the Sun Belt. The one team that might be able to provide that is if they get App State again. Of course, the Mountaineers swept uh, JMU earlier this year. Uh, But when you consider App State and the performance they had as well against Toledo winning by five in that ASUN, in that Sun Belt Belt Mac Challenge game a couple of days ago, is it possible that we might be looking at a multi-bid league if App State makes it to the conference championship game and JMU happens to be their opponent? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's possible if if JMU loses the Sun Belt Championship game. And, and I mean, I think a lot of people are also overlooking the fact right now, Troy is up there with JMU and App State. Troy has a tiebreaker against App State and doesn't play JMU. It's quite possible JMU and App State can meet in the semifinals um, of the Sun Belt Tournament unless something changes. So, um, you know, I think that's a possibility for JMU especially if they could beat App State for the, in the third matchup. And then maybe if they lose to a decent Troy team in the Sunbelt Championship game, then I think we're looking at maybe the, the biggest possibility for the Sunbelt to get two teams in. Yeah, that's a really good point that you might have a different route to get multiple teams in from the Sunbelt. Multiple bits of insight are always there at Shane underscore DNR Sports for Shane Metlin of the Harrisonburg Daily News Record. Shane, last one for you. We know the scheduling challenges that exist with a team like JMU, a team like Liberty or VCU or Richmond or anybody in the Virginia footprint, not named Virginia Tech and UVA, is it possible we get another version of this Sunbelt Mac challenge that goes to the A-10, as Mark Byington alluded to, or maybe another conference? You know, you might, Mark has always wanted to schedule more A-10 teams and get, you know, VCU and Mason and, you know, maybe Richmond on the schedule and hasn't had much luck doing that. Um, I think more likely maybe the Sun Belt goes with somebody else, like like the SoCon or somebody. Uh, another, you know, pretty solid mid-major that has a lot of trouble scheduling. And, you know, it just guarantees you another home game, which um, – it's something, you know, a lot of teams in the Sun Belt, they're taking the bye games right now and not scheduling the home games. And the conference like to see more home games scheduled. So I think that's something we might see a little bit more of is, is if they can work out a deal with another league. Shane Metlin, Shane underscore DNR Sports with us here in the Fast Lane. Shane, it's our pleasure once again to have you back in the Fast Lane. Thank you again for your time and perspective. All right, thank you. 
now to the Radford Highlanders with Rick Watson here in the fast lane. Rick, this is a Radford team that fell down early. They surged to a double-digit lead at Presbyterian over the weekend, but they just couldn't hang in there. How gut-wrenching was that ebb and flow of a game this past Saturday? Well, I think you used the right term, gut-wrenching. And then to add insult to injury, they found out the bus uh, broke down <laughs> on the way back to the gym to pick them up. So they had to wait about an hour and 45 minutes just to leave Clinton, South Carolina. So they had a long time to sit there together and think about it. But um, it's just not good right now. I mean, that's just the only way to say it. Um, three consecutive losses, four out of the last five, and now you have a national television uh, appearance coming up on Thursday. This team has to resign itself to kind of just going back and figuring out why they were so successful in the non-conference in the early part of the conference schedule. Forget about their seeding and just try to get hot at the right time here coming up for the tournament in a few weeks. Rick Watson, the play-by-play voice of the Radford Highlanders with us in the fast lane. They had a lead, they couldn't hold on, and they fight back but fall short 76-73 to at Radford or at Presbyterian this past weekend. Now on Wednesday, 6.30 airtime, VTR in Roanoke App. It's Winthrop at Radford. Um, you mentioned going back to the drawing board. Is it more about Winthrop and prep for that, or is it more about regaining their identity? I think it's more about fixing Radford. That's what Coach Nichols said in the post game. It's more about trying to rediscover the defensive identity, what happens when somebody, and you and I have talked about this because it keeps coming up with Coach Nichols about the the physicality of the game. It seems as if right now when everybody that they're playing decides to bring that to them that we're not responding the way that he thought that they would. So it's about right now just trying to work on uh, Radford. He's really trying to make sure these guys stay together. Obviously, when you're skidding like this, it's human nature. There might be some finger pointing and things like that. So right now, Coach is more concerned about trying day-to-day to get these guys to feel a little bit better about themselves. Appreciate the time, Rick. Thank you much. We'll keep it locked Wednesday again, 6.30 p.m. when Winthrop and Radford square off from the NRV. All right, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Rick Watson, play-by-play voice of the Radford Highlanders, whom you can hear on the VTRN Roanoke app. And, of course, last but not least, or maybe least, NASCAR with Stephen Stumpf. Colleague of Trey Lyle from FrontStretch.com on W226BG Timberlake, WVGM AM Lynchburg, WMNA, Gretna, Danville, Southside, and across the Virginia Talk Radio Network on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app. Steven, the Super Bowl is in the rearview mirror. That means the real Super Bowl is coming. The Super Bowl of NASCAR that starts the new season. Your excitement level compared to the excitement level of the teams with a new season dawn. I mean, I think every single time, every single time the season comes up, it's always exciting because, and I think it's, and the Daytona 500 is one of the best ways to bring it in. Yes, we did have the clash uh, about a week and, uh, week ago, but I mean, what better way to, you know, start the points thing season than the biggest race of the year to get everyone hyped up. But, uh, I, and again, I, I don't think there's, you know, much else to say. I think, you know, every, every, everyone's excited it's going to happen when the cars, you know, hit the track for Thursday for the duels or we're practicing qualifying on Wednesday and uh, media day Wednesday, so we'll be excited to be. I think everyone's excited just to be back in the swing of things and um, have NASCAR again for the next nine or so months. NASCAR will be back. The Speed Weeks portion kicks off. Fords have been great on this track, but they joined Toyota with a new type of car. 
Do we see the impact of that new type of car that Ford and Toyota have on display at Daytona? Or is that more likely to come once we get through Daytona? And I guess you could put Atlanta coming up in a couple weeks as well. I think I think the issue, at least with the new noses, I think there's going to be trouble with um, the drivers and having and pushing. Just because the brand new nose, it's shaped differently. And whether, regardless of what car you drive, you're going to be in the pack. You're going to be with Toyotas, the Fords, and so team drivers they might adjust in how to work together, how to push, and so on. I think, especially, I think that the dual is a great way to practice that. Unless everyone kind of rides around single file. I don't think it'll. I don't think it'll have too much of an impact. But then again. It'll, I think in terms of you know, performance aspect of that, it's, we have to look to Wednesday's qualifying and Thursday's um, qualifying races to see who is at advantage with all the new teams. Very good point as well that Thursday is the key barometer for getting a gauge on what will actually happen at the Daytona 500. Steven Stump with us here in the fast lane at Steven underscore Stump from frontstretch.com. Those are, of course, his Twitter and Instagram handles. Steven, bold prediction for the Daytona 500. What is it? I'm going to say the year that Ryan Blaney finally gets the Daytona 500 crown. Monkey off his back. He finished second in 2017. He finished second in 2020. He led the most laps in 2018. He won Daytona in August in 2021, he's won at Talladega three times now. In my opinion, he's the best super speedway racer in the game right now. He's fresh off of just winning the championship at Phoenix in November. He also took what looked to be a piece of, you know, his starting start at the clash, having to take the provisional to get in. He works his way all the way up to third. I think that team has all the confidence. I think they have all the momentum. And given how good Ford has been, I'm going to say that it's the 12 car ending up in victory lane for the 66th running of the Great American Race. And now we'll wrap it up with this from Stephen Stumpf of FrontStretch.com. Bold prediction for the entire season. What's one that you're confident will transpire? I'm going to say, I'm going to keep going with Blaney. I'm going to say that he leads the series and wins this year. I don't know how many that will be because of just how much parodies there's been for the gen, the next-gen car. We had 10 wins from Larson. We had nine from Harvick and so on. The most thing we got was Byron with six. But I, I predict that Blaney will at least get six. I think for a lot of Blaney's career, he's absolutely had to speed, but the problem always seemed to be stealing the deal both finishing up dominant races, and I think he did both of those extremely well at Charlotte and Martinsville last year. Also having the clutch final lap to close out the Phoenix. I think I think that he's, you know, he's riding all that confidence, all that momentum, and he's they're going to lights out this year. And with the Ford's new nose, the last, even though Ford won the last two drivers' championships, they definitely seem to be lagging behind both Toyota and Chevrolet with the next-gen car. I'm going to predict overall that Ford's new nose is going to make them much more up to par with the rest of the manufacturers in the field. Ford getting a nose job that would make some Hollywood actors and actresses jealous. I had to go there with that cheesy route. Steven, please forgive us for that. Trey is already rolling his eyes, of course. In the meantime, I will bow out on that ridiculous note and take the complete fall for that. 
Thank you for your time in the fast lane, and we'll see if Ryan Blaney makes you look like a genius starting this coming weekend at Daytona. Thank you. Great to be here, and uh, let's go back racing. Indeed. Steven Stump with us here in the front stretch. That does it for us today. Tomorrow, it's the tag team duo edition of the Fast Lane. I mean, it's Trey and me normally, but tomorrow's going to be a little different. We worked the game plan out. I start the show so that I can get out of here and go over to the Mardi Gras celebration for church, uh, St. John's Episcopal Church, care to join us there. Uh, or you can come hang out with us this coming Sunday at church. In the meantime, after I'm done, Trey will have his great commentary to wrap it up tomorrow in the fast lane. That does it for us today, though. Trey Lyle VT to at him for commentary tomorrow. And fast lane, Ed Lane to always stay in touch.